0: Welcome to the Underground.
1: Turn me up, bitch!
0: My Little Underground with Peter A. It's Peter A., My Little Underground. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. And follow me Twitter, Instagram. It's Peter underscore A. And you can follow the show as well at Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. Today we got the great Anna Shoemaker... New York artist on the rise by way of Philly. She has a brand new EP. Everything is embarrassing out right now. Go check it out. It's so good. It's so gorgeous. So catchy. And Miss Shoemaker is on my little underground. Boom. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to go. Whenever you're ready, let me know. I'm ready. There we go. Miss Shoemaker, Anna <laughs> Shoemaker, what's up?
1: What's going on?
0: New EP, everything is embarrassing. Love that title. Thank you. You know it, it's it's kind of true. You know, like everything, at least for me, that I do or think I'm doing is embarrassing <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> Wouldn't you say so?
1: Yes, me. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know you per se, but <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> for you but definitely in my case that's that's true everything is embarrassing all the time
0: that yeah that's what that's what i mean you know what i mean like i think everything like we do as individuals like there's certain things that we do that we may think is embarrassing because of our like you know self-consciousness or whatever it may be that's what i meant i wasn't expecting you to know that everything that i do is embarrassing you know what i'm saying (laughs)
1: yes Yes, i do i do okay so
0: Um, I want to address like the elephant in in the room, so to speak. Um, I want to ask, like how you, as an individual, as an artist, have been affected by the covid nineteen outbreak?
1: Oh, yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, um, I was supposed to go to South by Southwest, and obviously that got canceled, and that was like a huge, massive bummer. And, um, yeah, a lot of shows have been canceled. A lot of my friends' shows have been canceled. Um, it's been a huge bummer, obviously, because what I do is like performing and bringing together people and not being able to do that really sucks. But I guess the silver lining is I've been able to uh, um, I've been able to be like in a quarantine studio. My friend and I have been like cranking out a lot of songs and I've been writing a lot and um, you know, that's kind of been a nice thing to be able to slow down from kind of the other stuff of the music industry and kind of just focus on like, you know, the writing. So that's kind of been nice, but no, it's definitely been crazy.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because that's kind of like how this all began for you. Like, that's how the Shoemaker Empire started. You were just in your room doing all these little mashups and that's how this all started. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just started when I was young, just writing songs and then, you know, kind of doing covers of songs and stuff like that. So it's kind of been nice to go back to that. I mean, not that this is like ideal by any standard, but, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of your home field advantage because, you know, you did your your early SoundCloud mashup of uh, Kendrick Lamar, Chance just in your, in your bedroom. So you're almost like as a society, we're forced to stay indoors, but as a creative, this is kind of good for you. Cause this is like kind of motivating. Like now I can actually get stuff done because I'm seeing artists that I know just putting out new singles, just out of nowhere, which is great. Right?
1: Yeah. It's really, yeah, definitely. And also it's like, I've had, Um, Over the past, you know, now over the past two weeks, I've had a bunch of producers send me beats and stuff, which is not a way I usually work. But I think it's going to be cool to kind of like dive into that and start looking at some of those and, you know, being able to like work on my computer and and be creative in that way. It's going to be it'll be nice. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually want to talk about that that mashup that that went viral that you did with uh, Kendrick and Chance, and you sprinkled a little a little Two Chains and some Destiny's Child. So, did this teach you anything about song arrangements? Because you were very creative in how you went about doing this.
1: Well with that I I loved all those songs and I really liked all the hooks of those songs and I I can't rap, obviously, so I just want I just made I wanted to make it like a full song and I wanted to put all of the hooks together so that it was like I would be able to sing the whole thing, you know? Um, so that's kind of what I did there. And I feel like yeah, it was definitely like a fun exercise in like being creative and and you know just like kind of messing around i i had showed it to my sister and she was like oh my god you should put this on soundcloud because i was just like joking around and then we and then i did and it it like you know it was good
0: over the last like 48 hours or so before i was getting myself ready to talk to you i was thinking about that that 100 geck song ringtone and your song funny like i think that would be an interesting mashup you know yeah. what i'm saying do you get what i'm saying
1: yeah, I do. That would be cool. Maybe I should try it and put it on SoundCloud for old time's sake.
0: Definitely do that. Seriously. <laughs> it would be yep. so sweet. I'm picturing it in my head right now.
1: Hell yeah. So can you say <laughs> a little bit for me? <laughs> can can, you do can I do it? Yeah. Okay,
0: let me let me think. Let me think for a second. So you know when the hook the hook uh, for the song... Uh, uh, what was, what's it again? I'm trying to think. Um, it's the only one I know. It's the only one I know. And then it goes into yeah. that part... And funny when you talk about um, um, pick up the phone, something, something, something. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, okay. I see what you, you mean. You see what I, I mean? mean? Yeah, yeah. My boy's got his own ringtone. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Right, right. I'm having a hard time like articulating it, but like I think you understand what I'm talking about.
1: I am. I, I do. I do. I think. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think that's something I should explore later today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got we got nothing else to do so why not
1: Hell yeah i know See? it's crazy it's like literally crazy
0: so um what interests you about uh Kendrick Lamar and um and Chance the Rabbit to want to mash up these songs aside from the fact that you enjoyed the hooks because i think that's great that you kind of look at music that way cuz like that idea like the verses the choruses all that stuff matters you know what i'm saying
1: yeah totally I I listen to a lot of rap. Um, I think, and I think specifically those that was when "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" had just come out. I think, and um, yeah, I think it was around that time that that song had just come out, so it was like huge. But I listen to a lot of rap, a lot of Kendrick Lamar, a lot of Chance the Rapper. Um, I really like Meek Mill. Um, I like, you know, who else have I been listening to? Yeah, I I like rap music. I'm fascinated by it because it's like I'm kind of jealous of rappers because I feel like they can say so much more because they have so much more space. Whereas in my songs, it's like, you know, I get I get a little I can have a verse and then a hook and then a verse. But rappers can just say so, so much in one song.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of rappers like they have experiences in certain things, so they're able to express that in such a creative way. That's just like unbelievable. And you don't sell yourself short because you yourself, you might have experiences of certain situations that you've may have, have gone through and you can just articulate that in your own way. But I understand what you're saying. Cause I'm jealous yeah. of rappers too. Like, how do you do that? How do you say that in that way? You know?
1: Yeah. Well, they, well, they just have a lot more. I feel like when I'm writing a song, I need it to be really concise Whereas I feel like like I'll I'll work with my friend Sean, who's a rapper, and he can just like he just like can say so many things because he's saying it so fast. This sounds so dumb. <laughs> but um like I'm like like for example, like two lines that I would sing, he would like rap so many more words within those two lines. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um so <laughs> what other rappers are you into right now besides Kendrick Chance, Meek Mill? I love the I like Kendrick and Meek specifically, though. So who else are you into now?
1: I like Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. And um, who else? I listen... uh, Damn, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of music lately. Like, obviously not just rap. I I really like Halsey's new album. Um, I've always been obsessed with SZA. Oh, yeah. I grew up listening to Lauryn Hill. Um, She's like one of my favorites um yeah i and then i listen to a lot of my friends too which is fun too like um my friend haji gaviota and ricky james they're fun to listen to
0: so um so a lot of your early recordings you did in in your bedroom so are you still doing that now Well, obviously now you have to but <laughs> are yeah. you would you still want to do that you know what I mean? Like record in a very intimate setting, like your, your room or wherever you live.
1: Yeah. When I, when I'm in the studio, like with a, it's usually just me and a producer. And I really like that because it, it feels really intimate. And I feel like because my songs are so personal and they, they are all just like very much like this stuff that comes out of my mind. Like I don't really want a lot of people in the studio and I like just working with one person that I feel super comfortable around and that took me so long to find like my people that I felt comfortable around and felt comfortable like like saying all this stuff in front of and, and like just being real with them. Um, so I feel like even though I'm not doing it in my bedroom anymore as much, um, in the studio, I've, I kind of have like made relationships with the producers that feel really intimate and personal, so that that you know they know that they know I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> so it's not about location; it's about relationships and intimacy, right?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Uh,
0: got it. So are there are there certain steps that you're taking to sort of, I guess, for a lack of a better term, capitalize on? viral success and turning it into a healthy career in music. Cause there's some artists that may go viral on SoundCloud, YouTube, etc., but a lot of them probably don't, you know, end up having the longevity that we would have hoped to have. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do know what you're saying. And I think for me, the most important thing is like my ID, like my goal is to like actually connect with people and be able to perform live. So I feel like that, so being able to like play shows, I think kind of takes it out of that like viral realm, you know, cause I don't know anyone could really go viral with something they put on the internet, but not everyone can sell out shows and not everyone can tour and not everyone can like, do that. So that's like what, that's the route I want to go. I want to be able to play a lot of shows and I want to be able to do that. But obviously now it's so stressful because the coronavirus and no one's playing shows and everyone's canceling shows and it's a nightmare.
0: Now that you bring that up, you know, how can we support an Anna Shoemaker during this time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, trying to find a new way to navigate the music industry but which is like crazy because i feel like i didn't even navigate it before this so i don't know i'm i'm we're my team and i were like figuring some things out um you know maybe some like live streams and stuff and like merch situations so you know i'll I'll, I'll keep you posted on that i'm not sure yet (laughs) but we're trying to figure something out
0: Right. And you know what? I've been thinking about this to myself, like, just as like, you know, a music fan, like now, since again, you can't tour, etc. If you put out something on Bandcamp or whatever, and you want me to buy it, it's gotta be like, really good. You know, because the economy is going to shit as we speak. So if you want me to spend money on you, it's gotta be like, really good stuff. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. And also, it's like, because Because this is how the the world is now. The internet is so saturated with like so much content. Like, I go on Instagram and there will be like six people that I follow that are live. It's
0: exactly
1: (laughs) like what how there's so so much content that people are just like like blowing out. And and um, I'm actually putting out. wait I actually don't know. Is this podcast times? Like, are, are you gonna put this out like next week or something?
0: Next week, yep, next week.
1: Yeah, I'm putting out my music video next Friday. So, I mean, even then, I think we're going to do, like, some kind of, like, YouTube watch party. But it's, like, it's so the internet is so saturated with content that it's just, like, I'm nervous about breaking through, you know, breaking through all of that. You know
0: what? Yeah, I think if you just, if you stay your course and then, like, what do I know? I'm just saying, like, if you just do you as you usually would do, like, if you have a video coming out, Put the video out and then see what happens. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah yeah, like if you, yeah. It'll, it'll be good. Honestly. Yeah
0: yeah, of course, of course I'm not worried about you. So um, <laughs> so you've been using TikTok as of late, right?
1: Yeah, how do you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty good at what I do, Anna. I'm pretty good at what I do. So um, what are some of the most like creative ways you've seen people use TikTok? It could be create uh, uh, musicians, other creatives or anyone else?
1: I think TikTok is so funny because I think it's so cool that it's like, like, for example, the Savage, the Megan the Stallion thing, like, once you learn the dance, then you can kind of add your own little, like, flair to it and you see how other people do it. I just think it's so, I think it's so fun and so entertaining. It reminds me of when I was younger and my sister and I would, like, make up dances and then put them, perform them for my mom.
0: <laughs> that's great that's so great like so how how have you been using tiktok because i'm not on tiktok i'm trying to like to learn how people use it and to see what you know what i mean like or why should i use it you know what i mean i'm just trying to understand it you know what i mean
1: yeah i know it's weird i mean i why should any of us use it honestly it's pretty strange but i think it's just entertaining and it's just a fun thing you know to just kind of like like be active and like be creative and use your head my sister and i learned one of the dances and it was really funny it took us a while to learn it and we actually like kind of got into it and kind of got into a fight because like i was talking over her video <laughs> 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 and we were like we looked at each other and we started dying of laughter we're like did we just get into a fight over like a tiktok video
0: <laughs> unreal unbelievable Yeah. yeah. Um, How did Steve Madden discover you?
1: Um, So I was, um, I played a, a house show in Brooklyn and one of my friends was there and she used to be the assistant of Steve Feinberg who ran Steve Madden's record label. And I didn't want to be, I was like just playing me and my guitar. I was just playing like, you know, kind of sad girl, little like indie songs. Like I was writing a lot of like, super just guitar you know guitar based songs and um she brought she showed um Steve the the video the video that I had taken and I sent him some demos and he had me in and we just we really got along this is Steve Feinberg um and who ran Steve Madden's label and then um yeah I, I decided to sign I decided that would be like a good match for me we, we worked really well together.
0: <laughs> what can you tell me about your work with uh, the Gen Steve campaign? Because I know you were like the front woman for that.
1: Yeah, the um, Gen Steve campaign was a cool, it was like their, um, their fall campaign and it was crazy because it was like a whole photo shoot with like models and stuff and I felt really, it was cool though because they included, I mean, there, there were obviously models there, but for the for the campaign, but then they included some creatives, which I thought was really cool. Um, like I'm obviously like an artist, and then they had some other people, like this girl who was a writer, and I thought that was cool that they included different kind of um, creatives instead of just doing the regular kind of model thing. I think they were trying to show like like, um, you know, I guess millennials in – or whatever, you know, in real life and how, like, like real-life creatives wear their clothes or wear their shoes and stuff.
0: Do you think – like, is fashion, like, the fashion world, another outlet for you along with your music or this is just a one-time thing that you did?
1: No, 100%. I mean, I think fashion and – Clothes are definitely part of my whole, um, part of the way that I express myself along with my music, you know, um, especially when it comes to like what I wear, what I wear, even what I wear to the studio affects what I write that day. And um, what I wear on stage for sure affects like how I perform and how I'm feeling myself. And I think that that's a huge part of it. I mean, I take shopping very seriously and thrift shopping, obviously very seriously. Um, And yeah, I love like putting together looks and, and making sure it's all cohesive and kind of, I just kind of want, I think of it as like a character almost like thinking of myself as a character and like setting the scene and telling a story through like, you know, what I look like and stuff, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So what is the Anna Shoemaker character? What is that?
1: It's, so I talk. I, it's me, it's me, but just like heightened, like I'm a very emotional person. I'm a very like vulnerable person in general. So I think that my songs are just like that, like all of my feelings, but just on steroids, like everything's just like heightened and like the way I am, it's, it's who I am in real life, but just like even more, you know? It's like my, it's like my way to be who I really, it's like my art, my artist persona is kind of just my way to be who I am without like being scared of, um, what people think, you know?
0: And that's why everything is embarrassing, right?
1: That's why everything is embarrassing all the time.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I want to talk about like the collaborative nature of everything is embarrassing because you co-wrote funny with alexander 23 right so are there any songs that you uh on this ep that you've collaborated with somebody that was that was just magic
1: yeah i mean i think collaborating it was definitely great working with alexander we did that a while ago um And he actually had helped me with some other songs, too. So working with him was really great. Working with JT Daly, who produced um, all of the songs except for Someone, that was really great because I was really immersed in his studio. And we were really like I was like living in Nashville for basically a month. Um, and I was just in the studio every day all day with him which was really a cool experience to just be able to like completely immerse myself in the project and then when I got back to Brooklyn after after working in Nashville I started working with my friend will and honestly working with will is crazy because that to me is like magic he we we really like can connect on a level that's just it's it's amazing like he he really, knows how to like make the sounds that are inside of my head without sounding corny. Like um, when we did someone, I just knew I needed another song on the EP. I had done the five, five songs with JT and um, those songs were all, I mean, I'd had them for about a, I had them for about a year and they were done and I was waiting to put them out. And I just needed to add on someone because it felt really magic doing it with Will. And it just felt like, I needed to add that to show where my music was going, you know?
0: So when you're, when you're working with, with people, like what, what ideas are being exchanged? Are people are giving you lyrics? Are they giving you melodies? Are you just kind of just crafting it, it together?
1: Lately how I've been working is producers will, will, they'll start producing the song making the sounds, doing the chords, guitar parts and stuff like that. And then I'll just sit and I'll write. Um, I'll write the lyrics and stuff, but sometimes actually my producer I've been working with lately, he's really been pushing me a lot. Um, his name's Chetta and he's out of shifted studio in, um, Greenpoint, which is like really nice to work there cause it's close to my apartment, but he's like been pushing me. So I'll come up with a line and he's like, Oh no, like I know you can do better than that. Or he'll suggest things and that's cool. Um, it's definitely cool being able to work with people and um, like have them push you to be better. It's my favorite story of working with someone was this has happened two times now. Um, once with my friend Tyler and once with my friend, Sean Smith. Um, and I just was writing with them and specifically Sean, he's a rapper and um, we were writing a song together. And I just had this like overwhelming feeling of like, okay, how I need to get 10 times better, like in the next five minutes, like I need to up my game completely in the next five minutes. If I want to like level up and be as good as this person I'm next to, you know, like working with people that are like better than you. For me, that's like what pushes me. I feel like, you know,
0: it's like when you're working with people, from a music standpoint, it's like having a personal trainer. Yeah, like someone's pushing you. It's okay, do more reps, or you know what I mean. You can run faster than that, or you can go more than three miles. Yeah, you know that. Totally, yeah. Totally. So, what do you stand to gain from all these collaborations, aside from making you a better artist? Is there anything else that you're pulling from working with these people?
1: Relationships, honestly, and that's so important to me. Like I've met some people that have become like family to me in the music industry. Like some of these producers and um, co-writers and my manager and even people at my label, like it's so important for me. And it has been since I started in the music industry to create relationships and to, to, to never be, to never feel like uncomfortable. And that's been great for me, like just to like gain relationships and friendships and stuff.
0: It's almost like you're becoming less embarrassed less embarrassed every like every second we're talking it's like you're less embarrassed you have more confidence as an artist
1: (laughs) (laughs) about everything is embarrassing that i kind of wanted was that if everything is embarrassing then nothing's embarrassing you know like if everything Uh if everything is shitty then nothing's shitty you know
0: yeah so you might as well you know just let it all fly because it doesn't matter in the end you know
1: yeah, I'm also getting more because I get really nervous on interviews. <laughs> I get really tongue-tied. I don't know if you can tell over the internet.
0: <laughs> it, it happens. The, the only thing about interviews, if you walk into an interview and the person says, so what do you want to talk about? Then get out. Just <laughs> just leave. Okay. Then it's over. <laughs> it's over before it began.
1: Yeah, so what's up? <laughs>
0: i've heard interviews like that before um so so do you think that there's any stigma in writing a song with somebody
1: i used to think there was i used to be like oh no i just want to write all my own songs but i like working with other people obviously like i said it pushes you and it's fun (laughs) and it's like a whole thing like it's like a like you can have a fun day with someone, right, doing what you love. I think there, there definitely may be, but if you're in the music, like maybe if you are an outsider, there might be, and if you don't know how like sessions work. But I think within the music industry, there's not really a stigma around it. It's almost expected. It's almost like crazy if someone writes a song by themselves.
0: Ah, I see. So would you think, for uh, a lack of a better term, would it be embarrassing if you performed a song not written by you? Are you open to that?
1: I personally am not. I mean, maybe. I just, my whole thing is that all of my songs are like, tell a story and tell my story, you know? And that's what's really important to me. It'd have to be, the song would have to like really pertain to my life. You know, It's it's really hard for me to connect to songs that don't, that don't necessarily, like, have um, a personal meaning to me, you know?
0: Have you ever, like, heard a song from an artist you love, and then you found out they didn't write the song? Did, did it change your perception of the artist and your your love for the song at all?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. I think... I don't think so. I don't think it would change my perception just because a good song is a good song, no matter who sings it. I just think for me, like as the as an artist, like the stuff I'm singing, I would want it to tell my story. But I'm not necessarily going to judge someone for for, you know, doing that.
0: Yeah, because Rihanna's bitch better have my money. It wasn't written by her. It was written by B.B. Yeah. Borelli. And it's such a great song. I don't I don't care who wrote it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, Uzi Varelli is sick. She is, her writing is insane. I love her. I'm glad you brought her up. Let's talk about her.
0: (laughs) You know, I think she was actually supposed to open for Little Uzi Vert at the Paramount in Huntington a couple of years ago, but um, it turns out she wasn't there. Maybe she did it on a different night, but it would have been great to see her, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Someone was telling me they saw her live, I think, at made in america would that make sense and she was like so good she's so good
0: yeah i gotta see what she's up to now i haven't heard from her in a minute
1: yeah she has she has some good songs too herself
0: yeah um the one thing i think is interesting you know when i was you know reading about you a lot of articles they like to give you the quote-unquote alt pop label does that mean anything to you at all
1: Yeah, I think the alt-pop thing, I think that comes from, like, I like the, you know, I obviously make pop music, but I think the alt part comes from, like, the fact that we use a lot of real instruments in my songs, but, yeah, I don't really know. I guess it's just because it's not, like, super pop-pop, but it's a little edgier, and I, I like that, I guess. I don't know. I get like stressed out about like the genre labeling type stuff, because I feel like I'm influenced by so many different people and so many different genres all the time. And i listen to so many, so much music that it doesn't really mean much to me. So it's hard for me to like put myself into a genre.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you think that way because I think especially music now it's, it's very uh, genre bending, which I think is incredible that, you know, no one's really succumbing to any label given to them by any radio programmer, etc. You know, they're just making art music or making art. They're not worried about, you know, where am I going to fit at the record store or what station or what format's going to play me? You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Totally, totally. Now it's just like, what playlist am I going to get on?
0: <laughs> Either the chill playlist or the New Music Friday playlist. I guess that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, and New Music Friday, that has like, Lil Uzi, and then, like, Dua Lipa, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, when you... Like, Spotify recommends you music based on what you're listening to, and a lot of the stuff that they recommend me, the spectrum is, oh, my God. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's Metallica to Gunna. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, what kind of music do you listen to? Uh,
0: That range. Anything from Metallica to Gunna. But uh, I've been listening to a lot of Spoon and You and... Who else have I been listening to? Um, uh, some Travis Scott. Uh, I like Griselda. I've been listening to those boys. You know about Griselda?
1: No, I, I've never heard of them.
0: Benny the Butcher, uh, Connie with the Machine, West Side Gun.
1: Oh, yes. I do know. I do know what
0: you're talking about. Oh, they're absolutely incredible. I love them. Stereo Lab. Lots of Stereo Lab. I love them. Um,
1: Nice, this is good. This is getting me some good music.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I invited you on here. Um, so speaking of speaking of like radio and press and stuff like that, you know, you, you've been getting some radio play and a lot of press. Do you think that, especially, in, you know, these days, we were just talking about Spotify and streaming services. Do you think that has any weight or does that add to the value of Anna Shoemaker at all?
1: Um, I think it's a great... It's great that that stuff's happening, but it doesn't really add necessarily value because it's it's all, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 just happy that people are listening and I'm happy that people want to know more and are experiencing the music with me. But I don't think necessarily like more people listening to it is going to change the value of it, you know, because the songs are what they are. They, you know.
0: You know, when you're you said when you're writing songs, you're just writing your stories and your experiences. But from a from a sonic point of view, is there any part of you, either consciously or subconsciously, that's saying, Hmm, you know, if this gets on the radio, how would I want it to sound? Or if I play this at a club with people dance to it? Are you thinking about these things at all?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We we talk a lot about, you know having a catchy hook. And and lately I've been having this problem where I just want to like go and, and just like write and kind of like almost like have like a freestyle, like flow singing kind of thing. And I fully recognize that that's not something I can like put out like six of those types of songs. You know, like I, I know that this song's like, if I want to do this as a job, like I need to have the catchy hooks and stuff. But it's just about the most important part for me is like making catchy pop music that people can relate to that, you know, that still like holds the integrity that like I want. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, you know, judging from who's been listening to your music or who do you who you're aware that's listening to your to your music, do you know or have any inkling if they are radio listeners or they read the music blogs, let's say if somebody gives you a review, like Pitchfork, for example, do you think that the people that listen to you are swayed by that?
1: I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't know. I think I've been... I was told my favorite thing that anyone ever told me was that it was a review of one of my concerts and one of my shows, and this girl said that it seemed like the audience... Um, it seemed like Anna Shoemaker was like the the big sister of all of these like girls you know and that's like that's kind of I love that like the idea that that of being like the big sister so I don't know if like any of that I think that my music connects to people because it's like I'm just talking about you know real life things and I think that that that's the one thing in the world that kind of stays the same. Like people just all are in real life every day. And like, they just like, I don't know. It's, it's nice to be able to relate to someone who's talking about things that are relatable, like being embarrassed or being heartbroken or being sad or being like in a fight with someone, you know?
0: I think you, yeah, you, you achieved that because, you said you want your music to relate to people and someone said you're like the big sister in the room. I mean, that's everything. That's huge.
1: And I have a little sister too. So it felt it feels really right to that, that, that person said that.
0: <laughs> Comes full circle. And I uh, speak yeah. Speaking of like things that are embarrassing, do you believe in guilty pleasures? Do you think is there anything that you enjoy, be it music, TV, that guilty you would find in yeah.
1: Yes, 100%. I believe in guilty pleasures. Um, what, is, yeah,
0: what are some examples? Give me some examples.
1: Okay. Some examples would be um, <laughs> Love Island is definitely would be a guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, have you ever seen that? No,
0: I've heard of it. A lot of people are into it It, it, because of it's, you know, how ridiculous the show is. Apparently it's like tragically entertaining. Is that right?
1: It's insane. It is insane. I can't even explain it to you, but I recently started watching it. It's like the UK version is wild. The way that these people act, it's like a 24 hour reality TV show where the cameras are on them at all times and they're like all looking for love and it's wild. That is like the definition of a guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> but me, I don't. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I think you like what you like, and that's it.
1: Yeah, you know? I don't want to like Love Island. Like I don't <laughs> like that about myself. I don't think that that's who I should, who I how I should spend my days.
0: How, no. how should how should Anna Shoemaker spend her days when she's not watching Love Island? You know what I
1: mean. <laughs> how should I?
0: Yeah, like, winning Grammys.
1: Like reading books. I should be like reading books and like doing my like like math times tables or something. Like something math like, times
0: like, tables? Like, Who are you?
1: <laughs> like, you know, something that's a little bit more Yeah. No Definitely a guilty pleasure. I'm trying to think of it. I don't think I agree with you, though, with like music. I don't believe that there's like a music guilty pleasure. Like, I think that you like what you like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. But like, Okay, what books are you reading then? Are you reading books anyway?
1: Yeah, yeah. I read oh, right. a lot of books. I'm reading this book, um, Three Women. It's been taking me so long to read it just because I've been busy. But now that quarantine season is upon us.
0: Quarantine but- season. You just said that. Shame on you.
1: <laughs> oh, terrible. Um, the, no, the... Um, I like... My favorite book is probably Valley of the Dolls.
0: Oh, what's that about?
1: Um, it's about these, like, actresses in Hollywood, in old Hollywood, and they're all, like, feeling basically the same pressures that, like, people feel today, but they were just lived in a different time, and they, like, start like taking all these prescription drugs and it gets really crazy.
0: I just finished a book. What?
1: It's also a movie.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay, cool. I'll look into that, but there are so many books on my plate right now, but I know I just finished a book that I know. I know you would love it. It's a switched on pop. It's called switched on pop. And it was written by Nate Sloan and Charlie Harding. And two guys, they have a podcast, same title. And it's just about like pop music, like some of the, some of the top pop songs of the last 20 years and like, you know, the meaning behind them and why they affect people and just from like a music theory perspective and from an emotive standpoint. And it it just kind of puts into perspective on what pop music is. I just, I know you would love this book.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm going to check it out. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. Um, so can you tell me some of the differences or similarities in the culture of, of Philly and New York city?
1: Um, I would say similarities would be like the food, you know, I feel like there's pretty consistent, like, like food in Philly and New York, but I think the diff- I Okay. So here's the thing. I went to college in, in Boulder in Colorado and like, I've spent a, a decent amount of time lately in LA. So for me, the, the the comparison would be like Philly and New York versus like the West Coast. And I feel like I'm such an East Coast person that like, you know, I, I love everything about Philly and New York. So I think in Philly, hmm... It's similar to New York. People in New York are a little like meaner and more um, intense, I think, for sure. But then Philly people are also, you know, can be, whatever, nasty too. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I like both of them. I think they're both equally great.
0: <laughs> a very diplomatic answer. Very diplomatic.
1: Wow. Yeah, that took a while to get out. <laughs> but you know
0: I, I people have told me like musicians that Phil oh you would love Philly uh the music scene is so great and whatever is that is there any truth to that
1: oh for sure yeah the music right? scene Philly is great um you know I still like have my friends there that I work with and there's a lot of um, musicians I still am friends with there um one of my producers still you know lives there and I, I love going to work with him and getting in the studio with him. It's definitely just like a smaller scene. So a lot more people know each other, I think. And New York is definitely bigger. Like there's so many. The music scene here is huge.
0: Yeah, right. Because you just had like Philly, one city, like New York is broken up into boroughs. and Then there's Long Island as well. So there's a whole nother, there's so many different planets in this one city, you know?
1: Totally. It's so true.
0: Okay, Anna, I think I've taken enough of your time. Um, I want to tell you thank you for coming on, on My Little Underground. And uh, I love your EP, and I'm very excited for what you got coming up in, uh, in the future.
1: Thank for having me. Sorry, I don't know how to talk.
0: <laughs> what? What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this is great. I'm, I'm. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, anytime, Anna. Stay safe out there and wash your damn hands.
1: Yeah, you too. Stay at home. Don't go outside.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Anna. All
1: right. Bye.
0: Bye.